Hi everyone, this is Georgiana, as you already know from the Inside Podcast, where we talk to HR professionals from tech companies in Berlin and Romania, where we also talk to employer branding managers, to um, talent acquisition managers, and well, to everyone who has insights into what it's like to, to work in this vast environment of tech people. And today we talk with Annelise, who uh, is uh, HR manager at Perdo. Am I pronouncing correctly, Annelise? Yes, that's right. And uh, she will be discussing with us about yeah, her role in the company and sometimes the struggles she goes through. And please, Annelise, maybe you can first tell me if I pronounce your name correctly. And uh, secondly, you can tell us what you do, what your role on a daily basis entails. Yeah, sure. So you're pronouncing my name correctly. And uh, just to tell you a little more about Purdue as well, uh, Purdue is a goal management platform that helps organizations bridge this strategy and execution gap by bringing their strategy, people and goals, mm -hmm. uh, being goals uh, we understand as OKRs and KPIs onto a single platform. So that's what Purdue does. And uh, as the HR manager there, I'm responsible for growing our amazing team mm -hmm. and enabling everyone to do their best work. So I take care of HR admin, um, employee life cycle from onboarding to offboarding, um, our recruiting, our office management. So overall, I'm the go-to person for the entire team, mm -hmm. responsible for maintaining an awesome company culture, for building our employer branding as well. So yeah, it's a little bit of everything. <laughs> it's, it's like the classical uh, startup situation, right? Exactly. Yeah, that's right. Uh, cool. This is actually why you are uh, talking to me today. Um, tell me a bit about yourself, Annelise. You you worked in um, in a bunch of various roles before coming to Berlin and before coming to Berlin from Brazil. So please let me know why you picked this amazing city. Yeah, yeah, true. So just to tell you a little about, more about me, um, I started my career after I finished my graduation. So I studied psychology mm -hmm. and I've always been passionate about working with people. So I always knew I wanted to do something in that area. Mm -hmm. So I discovered HR actually during university by doing some internships. And then I worked for a few companies there in my hometown in Brazil. And um, right after I finished my graduation, I had the opportunity to uh, go abroad. So I actually lived and worked for three years in Mumbai, in India. Wow. Um, so that was an amazing experience for me, definitely. And it was like my foundation in HR because mm -hmm. it was one of my first experiences, like professional experiences. So it was really amazing to, to learn HR as well as learning a different culture at the same time and knowing different people. So it was really fantastic experience and then I moved back to Brazil after three years and I continued working in HR for large and small organizations so I worked for some startups and as well as big companies mm -hmm. and um, I got married in 2017 and me and my husband we used to always discuss that we wanted to um, leave Brazil again so for me it would be the second time and for him um, it would be the first mm -hmm. but we, we've been always discussing about that because we have a lot of quality of living issues in Brazil. So all of you know from the news, but yeah, things are not very stable mm -hmm. there. So mm -hmm. we knew we wanted to, to have a better quality of living. So um, we started looking at opportunities. And I think that when you leave abroad once, you always have that thing in the back of your mind that you want to again have that experience. I feel that after you leave abroad once, you kind of 
don't have a home as such, yes. so you like, want to mm -hmm. move around. And then finally he got a job here in Berlin, so we moved here in March last year. So um, yeah, Berlin was always for us one of the cities that we were targeting because we see that Berlin is so um, diverse, so multicultural, so vibrant. And I guess all of that has been confirmed since we moved here. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, mm -hmm. there are so many restrictions since then. So it wasn't the best timing to be here because we couldn't yet enjoy much of Berlin. But I, I know. Yeah, I know. I know. Like I mean, I told you the first time we spoke that my, my situation is quite similar to yours. I, I moved from Romania to Berlin three years ago also on a, or based on a family decision. And um, yes, I can confirm Berlin in Corona is very different from Berlin before Corona. So hopefully this spring we'll be able to rediscover and re-witness Berlin the way it used to be. <laughs> Hopefully. We're Hopefully. getting some good news the last few days, so yeah, I'm more hopeful now. Oh, yes, exactly. But uh, tell me, Anneliese, what, what is it like to be an HR manager in a startup? You said it's a bit of everything. How exactly? Yeah, so I guess it's really different from working in big companies um, because I've had experience in both. And I would say that in large companies, you usually have a team um, where each one specializes into some functions yep. so in HR mm -hmm. you'll have someone only for recruitment, compensation, payroll and all different areas and um, also usually the processes and structures are in place so you already arrive in the company and everything is already set so it's more about ensuring compliance with the current processes and policies yep. and kind of maintaining the status quo so you don't always have the liberty to propose things and innovate much and I think it's different in a startup because then many things have to be created from scratch. So it gives you a lot more space to be creative and the ability to build things. So that's really amazing. I really love that. And at the same time, um, everything that you do in a startup has more impact in my point of view. You know, any small changes, I agree. they resound more in the mm -hmm. team. Mm -hmm. So, for example, right now in Purdue, we are a team of 15 employees. So every small thing you do, everyone knows and it's visible to everyone. So you really have to be very, very careful with every small change because in a small, in, in a big company, um, sometimes you change something and it will take really long for everyone yeah. to know that it's changed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and sometimes you won't even see it, whereas in a startup. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. exactly. And I also feel that culture and values have a lot more significance in a startup than in a larger company because that's what bonds the team together. So that's one thing I, I really love about working in startups because mm -hmm. you have to uh, have a very strong, um, you know, like um, work towards company culture and values. So I love that. Would you say this is your favorite part about the job or is there something else you love aside from this? Yeah, I would say this is one of my favorite parts, um, and uh, especially when it comes to Purdue, I would say that I, um, I took the role and I, I joined Purdue for two main reasons. One was because of the team size, so I really enjoyed the opportunity to work in a small team because you, you get a lot of autonomy to yeah. do your work, so there's mm -hmm. no micromanagement and things. Um, I was the only HR, I am the only HR person uh, in the team, so that gives me a lot of freedom to, to do things the way I believe they should be done. And at the same time, I report to the CEO, so I have a very close relationship with him, and I get really close to the company strategy and how he sees things. 
So that's really interesting. And also, of course, the product that we offer, because I've always been a very goal-driven person mm -hmm. myself. Mm -hmm. And I really believe that purpose is what drives people. So I, I just love working there. And at the same time, I love knowing that we are able to impact many organizations to be more successful. And knowing that I have a relevant role in this by building and keeping a strong and smart team together. So that makes me very fulfilled, you know, because I know that my I role imagine. has an impact in the company's mm -hmm. success. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I suppose having a job that's, that's impactful really, really, really matters. I absolutely agree. Um, however, there must have been harder times in, um, in, in your career so far. So if you were to pick the hardest thing you've ever had to do, what was it? Yeah, for sure there were hard things I had to do. So um, I think overall in HR, from all my experience, uh, the hardest part is always deciding to let people go. Yeah. So mm -hmm. that's what I see as the, as the toughest part, even though it's not a decision taken solely by HR, definitely of not, course. but mm -hmm. I think we are always mm -hmm. part of that discussion and part of the execution as well. So it's really, um, for me, it's very, very difficult to, to handle. Um, and there was a specific situation in a startup I worked in Brazil in 2018 um, that uh, I worked there for seven months and unfortunately the company failed as many startups mm -hmm. do. Mm -hmm. So they had to close down. And it was extremely difficult for me for three reasons, um, I would say. The first one is, of course, because I knew I was going to get fired. So yeah. uh, if the company is closing down, so I was mm -hmm. losing my job. At the same time, I knew that the whole team was being fired. So that was really hard for me to, to take in. Mm -hmm. And also, I knew that uh, I had been responsible for bringing these people on board in the first place. You know, So I was also feeling very guilty because yeah. maybe I could have known you know, that things were not uh, doing fine. And you know, like I was just feeling that I was part of the whole thing. And many people had families, had children. Yeah. And they left their previous oh, yeah, jobs. That, that, sucks. Mm -hmm. that was so painful. I, I would say that I spent like a week after that still trying to recover from the whole situation because it was extremely hard for me. You know, as um, as a founder and um, yeah, a startup founder actually, um, and a founder of a, of a small company, I absolutely relate to what you are telling me. I've had to fire my share of people in my. Um, years as an agency founder and i've said it before it's the hardest thing i've ever had to do i mean we we we, we cried at some point together i mean in a, in a small team things are are so personal and everything is so so personal although the decision isn't necessarily something that i take on my own still i feel connected to those people and it's uh, it's hard to bring that that piece of news always of course, I, I agree. totally agree. Okay, uh, getting back to something not so sentimental, a book that you found influential. Okay, that's a good question. Um, I love reading, first of all, so mm -hmm. not only, of course, HR-related stuff, but uh, overall. So I, I put myself a goal, not always I, I fulfill that, but I try to read at least a book per month, but mm -hmm. it doesn't always happen. Mm -hmm. But n right now I'm reading uh, Radical Candor, and I think that's one book I would uh, recommend to people. It's not exactly about HR, I think it's for anyone who manages a team yeah. or who works close to mm -hmm. people. 
because um, it's very straightforward about how is like what's the best way to give feedback to people. So I think that's something everyone has to do at some point in their career. So I would say that's really interesting book. But I also, as I said, like to read things that are not related to, to HR. So last year I was reading a lot of philosophy and mm. also I like books about mindfulness, which is something I'm really interested about. And yeah, but I would say that overall, um, more than books, I think the people that I've met in my career are the ones who've influenced me the most. Um, of course, books are always helpful, but yeah, I would say that the people we meet, they also teach us a lot. So. A lot, that's true. Anyway, uh, speaking of radical candor, I have to admit I've, uh, I've had a sample of it in my Kindle for, for quite a while. I wasn't entirely sure whether I should purchase the book, but now I will because I like the, the, the short introduction that I read. So thank you for confirming what I somehow already knew. Yeah, <laughs> and, it's actually uh, really good. Yeah. In Purdue, it's very nice. We have a library um, where we have a few books and employees can just pick them and take home and, you know, just read them for a while. So Radical Candor was there and then I, I just... I have it here at home. Mm -hmm. we, we do the same. And speaking of people and books, then it's it's really nice to see what resonated with some of the people and what didn't with you and vice versa. Yeah, I, I find that really nice in, in a small team. So yeah. anyway, one, one of my uh, questions regards tips for preserving a healthy company culture. Well, you've discussed, I think, part of, of this, but is there anything else in specific that you can think of when you say healthy company culture, regardless of the country? Yeah, I think culture, um, no matter the size of the organization, is always a critical topic for HR and for, for everyone in general. Mm -hmm. But um, I, I tend to believe that there is an explicit culture that it is the one that comes from top to down and is usually written in the notice boards and you know is the thing that you see and read everywhere uh, along with the values. And there is an implicit one, which usually goes bottom up. Yeah. And I think it talks more about the work atmosphere, the rituals that we follow, the do's and don'ts in the company, which are things that are not written or not said sometimes, mm -hmm. but you can feel mm -hmm. it. And that's why I believe that company culture is something that needs to be put in practice by top leadership. So I think um, they need to give the example, they need to walk the talk. Yeah. Um, otherwise, totally. something is going wrong there. And at the same time, culture is something live and it needs to be flexible, in my opinion. So you have to review your company culture from time to time based on the changes that every company goes through with time. And because the culture should reflect your reality and yeah. vice versa. So Absolutely. if not, then there's something really wrong there. And, and I also believe that when more the company grows, um, the culture is something that unites the people, no matter how spread it is across the globe. It's something that we have in common. So it's, it's so important to keep it, um, you know, like making sense to people and actually translating yeah. how they feel at work. So it's really, really important. I really, really agree with that. And I, I think having a dynamic culture is something that leaders should should embrace in order to, to, to improve the corporate climate in, in so many ways in many companies. Yeah, culture yeah. definitely grows with the company. Um, just to, to, to shift a little bit from HR, but, but not necessarily, what would you say are, are three big problems that businesses face today, in your opinion? Yeah, um, I can say that from our experience also in Purdue. 
Um, I think the moment we're living right now is very unique. So there are yeah. so many changes happening at the same time. So definitely that impacts on business. So um, mm -hmm. we have seen in, in the last year, for example, so many companies closing, so many people um, unemployed, you know, so yeah. um, we can see that a lot of changes are happening. But I would say um, that the, the three biggest ones, in my opinion, um, are number one, to stay innovative within this whole scenario. You know, it's really important for you to kind of try to predict changes and keep yourself up to date with what's going on because we've seen that the companies who survived all this crisis that we're still going through are the ones who managed to keep themselves innovative and digital and yep. flexible mm -hmm. and you know mm -hmm. who, who managed to cope up with all the the changes that are happening and um, so i think that would be number one so uh, second thing would be exactly to be flexible um, in all different aspects so be it with your employees, be it with your um, business models. So um, allow yourself to, to change sometimes the path that things are taking, you know, like question yourself and, and allow changes to happen. And I would say the third one is to keep the team united. That's one thing that we are facing challenges yeah. as well, because mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. we see that the trend now is that everyone will more and more work remotely, like now yeah. you can work from anywhere. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to keep the team together and of course to to strengthen your culture um, in all this scenario so i would say that these are three big challenges and these are things that are to stay so i don't think we will go back to how it used to be so we really have to adjust and be flexible mm -hmm. i agree and i think these things apply to all companies regardless of their area of, uh, of activity i'm sure we'll be witnessing huge shifts in, in the years to come. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And um, this was this was really nice, um, our conversation, Annelise. So just to, to end in a sort of funny way, is there any HR myth that you can debunk, I wonder? <laughs> yeah, I really like that question when you sent me and I was <laughs> just thinking, you know, like what could be the, the one that I would like to share? And there is, there is this one thing that it's, maybe it's my impression, maybe it's not necessarily a myth, but um, I always see that people in a company, they look up at HR like someone who will have all the answers, someone who is always prepared for everything, mm -hmm. you know, someone that is really in control of everything that's happening. And, you know, like my point of view is that sometimes people have no clue how lost we also are in certain <laughs> situations. So I really uh, would like people to understand that HR also feels insecure. We also have doubts. We also, um, you know, are taken by surprise by mm -hmm. things sometimes. And um, I like to see HR, uh, even for me to feel more relieved and don't feel all this weight on my shoulders, I like to see HR more as a co-creator rather than a specialist who will know everything about people. Because I believe that things have more value when mm -hmm. we do it together. So it's key that we listen to the team, we listen to our peers, we listen to everyone in the team and take decisions based on their feedback rather than our own assumptions. So I think it's really important that HR takes a step down, talk to people, listen to them, um, because no, we don't have all the answers. We don't know what to do anytime. <laughs> because so. you're also human, right? Exactly. Human yeah. resources are also human beings. There's not someone to listen to the HR because we are the ones to listen to everyone. <laughs> so 
who, who am I going to talk to? So, yeah, yeah, that's that's a, that's a good business uh, suggestion. Uh, uh, an HR for the HR or a coach for yeah. the HR. <laughs> that would be nice. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Thank you so much, Annelise. This has been really, really fun. And uh, I wish you the best of luck in uh, in your role with Purdue. And I hope to meet you at some point in the future and to record yeah. again live eventually. Sure, yeah, hopefully. Thank you so much for the invitation, Georgiana. I really enjoyed the conversation too. And yeah, enjoy your day. Thank you. This was Employer Branding, the Inside Podcast. You can find our podcasts on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, and content on employer branding-related themes on employerbranding.tech. Until the next time, stay tuned. Bye!